Well, uh, the only thing better than going to Florida during a snowstorm is going to Florida and chatting with our guy, Bob Weeks, who now joins us on Overdrive. How are you, Bob? Uh, I'm a little wet, but other than that, pretty good. Oh, okay. It's raining here. Well, we were, we were talking about 17 and our guy, yes. Rami, getting a little wet on uh, and, and essentially throwing away his tournament. But uh, a pretty good day for the for the Canadians, isn't it? It was for three of them anyway, for sure. Adam Svensson is through 11 holes, and uh, he's tied atop the leaderboard at 8-under. And then we've got uh, Pendrith at 5-under, and Adam Hadwin, who's going to return tomorrow with a 5-foot putt for the third consecutive birdie to go to 6-under as well. So uh, they're all doing pretty well, those three guys anyway. But uh, that was not the story of the day for most people, I can assure you that. We saw some horrendous shots out there. Greens were firm and hard, and wind was blowing. It was crazy. Well, you just talked about 17, Bobby. You think it's a great hole or it's a goofy, tricked-up hole? Because we just saw that kid, Ramey, today, in control of his golf ball, playing extremely well, leading the tournament, and he gets there and he craps his pants. I mean, is that a goofy hole or is that him crapping his pants? No, that's just him crapping his pants. I mean, that's a mental, you know, mental giant you got to be to get through that thing in those kind of situations. And, you know, most guys now, they don't even look at the pins. They just hit it right to the center of the green. You don't want to be up on the top lift because you just go over. Graham Delight was telling me all this because he has, he, in all his career, he never hit it in the water there. How about that? That's pretty good. Me neither. And, <laughs> <laughs> but most guys, as he says, will just hit it right to a certain number. Don't worry where the flag is. Get three and, uh, and walk up. I think it's good. A lot of the golfers will tell you they would prefer if it was somewhere else in the lineup like not the 17th hole but hey you got to play them all bobby why is it taking so long for them to play golf out there i was watching the coverage this morning and or mid midday and rory and scheffler it was unfortunate for them because they were a twosome and not a three ball but there was four groups on the second tee like rory likes to play fast like there was an hour and 40 minutes and they were on the third green that's insane yeah, it's ridiculous. They were they were talking about that after the round. They have a time par, so basically they have a, uh, a a clock that says how long you're supposed to play each hole, and then a total round. And not one not one group made the time par. They were all way over it, and it just starts with that first group and goes from there. Now, when it's windy, like it was today, it often becomes more difficult to pull the club. Um, but but there's no excuse. This has gone on you know for a long time, and guys are just slow out there. It really is kind of painful to watch them rehearse and, and practice and line things up. And yeah. a lot of uh, times, you know, Bobby, this year they haven't even got like 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 today because of weather. The first and second round aren't being completed on time, and it's got to be no. done Saturday morning because everything's so slow. Yeah, even if it hadn't rained, they wouldn't have finished today. They didn't finish yesterday. They know that. That's, that's common. You know, it happens more often than you think on the PGA Tour. It actually is, I would say, I don't know, very rare that you actually get a tournament where there's no delay, especially at this time of year before you get into where it gets to be a little more light. What do you make of Svensson? Obviously uh, going to go into Saturday, albeit a, uh, still a second round Saturday, Bob, with a share of the lead with uh, – Christian, uh, uh, sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna screw up his name. Bedazenhout, yeah, Hout, the the great South African. Um, Svensson, obviously, he's on a roll, right? He's going to be playing his first Masters in about a month. He's uh, he's had his had a big win this season already. Uh, what what are you seeing from him that that gives you optimism that he that he can keep building on this? 
he has got uh, a, an amazing golf game, and he's always he's had this for a long time. What he's sort of finding out now is that he has to work hard to be even better than than that. Like he came up being so such a good player that you know he figured, oh, I don't have to work. But now he's been working hard on his game for the last six months or so. He's got a woman in his life, which has kind of changed it for him. Uh, she's taken him a little bit of control, but he's very regimented now. He gets up at the same time every day. He practices the same amount of time. Works on the things he needs to work on. And and I I think he's uh, I think he's the real deal. I I don't know if he's going to win here this week. This is a big ask, but he he will win again, and uh, and he'll con- he'll contend. He's a very very good player now, and now that he's got kind of his head in shape and, and focused a little bit better, I think you'll see him uh, up in the top ten a lot more. Bobby, in your time sitting with Graham Dillette, and he was an a fantastic ball striker when he was out on tour. What? what what is, does he ever talk about when you're at Sawgrass, as you've been the last couple of years with him, the approach to a Pete Dye golf course where it's kind of visual intimidation off the tee and there's a lot more room than what you think? Does, does he ever discuss kind of the right approach to that? Is it pick a target and let it fly? Or the best way to navigate around TPC Sawgrass? You know, you just listen to him. We were out walking around a little bit today. And you listen to him talk about the court, this particular course, and he said, he says, you know, this is where a lot of players think you should go, but you move it over here. So I think it's kind of experience more than anything. But he's got a plan on that golf course, and uh, he dissected it pretty well when he was playing here. Uh, again, I told you what he did on 17, but he's got the same kind of thing on 18. There's not really a ton of let-up on this golf course. That's the one thing, and I think you find that with a lot of Pete Dye courses. You know, you've, you've got to be sharp because even the short holes are hard. I think for a while this morning in the first wave, one of the shortest holes on the course was playing playing the toughest. So number four, um, yeah, number four. Thank you. And they've uh, guys were putting it off into the, into the water and things. So it's but but Graham has, and I think a lot of golfers, you know, it's it's very tough to play this golf course well the first time you come out here. Adam Svensson is kind of an outlier, I guess, in that respect. You know, Bob, uh, not to overlook this weekend because it's a huge tournament, but as we approach the Masters, which one of these tournaments gives you the best sort of gauge into who's playing well going into that first major, who can do the best at Augusta, given the courses and just given the magnitude of a player's championship or whether it was last weekend at Bay Hill? Uh, this one doesn't doesn't this one doesn't always give me the best indication of who's going to be the winner with the green jacket, but it does give you an idea kind of who's playing well. The courses are quite different between this and Augusta National. There's a lot more slope on the greens. Um, it's it's more of a more of a second shot golf course than this one is, I would say. And you know you have to have to find where you're where you're going to land it on the particular spot on the green at Augusta National more so than here. And so I think you just look for general good play here. I mean, Cam Smith obviously did well in both of them last year, um, but but I think you can you know you might miss the cut here and still still play pretty well at a, at a at Augusta National. I think you have to look at more of the body of work, say for the last I don't know two months or something like that. Like Rory is is not playing well here, but I suspect he'll be around at Augusta National. John Rom, well, he had to withdraw today, um, but. But there's a guy too, same sort of thing. I, I I look at those guys because they've had a great season so far, or a great couple of months. Scotty Scheffler, um, he's playing well here. Colin Morikawa might be a good one because he's such a great ball striker and great with those irons. I think he's probably the best iron player in the game right now. So this one specifically, I don't look at, but but it'll give you an indication of who's playing well, which could help you. Rom out is that 
seem legit or he just had enough and he doesn't have it right now and he pulled the pin, Bobby? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. He was out on the putting green before. I thought he was going to play. Uh, I didn't hear anything about the reason, but, you know, usually he was one under, so he wasn't like he was terrible or something. But uh, this could be something that you see in the future now with these guys because they they're going to have all these tournaments they're going to have to play, all these designated tournaments, and you got to show up for them. So there might be a kind of guys with a a bad back that comes up all of a sudden, but uh, I don't know. It's uh, I think it was probably legit for John Rom. He likes to play golf. There was a lot of talk, uh, Bob, going into this tournament about the fact that the defending champion uh, was not in attendance. Of course, Cam Smith, now a, a live golf property. Um, he talked about how uh, he lives in Jacksonville. He may, he may was thinking about maybe showing up, maybe in disguise to to watch his uh, former colleagues on the PGA Tour. Any any, any Cam Smith sightings? Uh, yeah, he actually, there's, so there's a little nine-hole course right on the property here, and he just walked over there and, and hooked up with three other guys and played nine holes, apparently. That's the story we really? heard. So he hasn't been actually over at Sawgrass yet, but he's been over at the uh, he's been over at the other course. He lives, you know, very close to here as well. I mean, it, it would be funny. I saw Harold Varner at the President's Cup. That's the closest I've seen to a live guy actually at a PGA Tour event, but that was a while back. But Cam Smith... Uh, you know, I think uh, I, I think um, Jay Monahan hit the nail on the head. He said, "Look, we would love to have him back here, sure, but he made a decision, and you know, you can't come and play in both both tours. At least that's that's the PGA Tours uh, reading of the of the of the rules right now. We'll see who ends up winning that one when it gets to court in about a year." Bobby, we were talking about it a little bit yesterday. Do you think Augusta National understands how sports degenerates think and how much they would want to see? people that hate each other golf together or do they just want to stay clear of that like everybody would want to see reed and mcelroy tee it up at augusta <laughs> would augusta ever want that i don't know they might be sitting beside each other at their champions dinner that would be a good one to have they should just have like a that, that that netflix crew there chasing that i was talking to mike weir about it he said he doesn't know what's gonna happen when they get up there for dinner they might have two tables but uh i think i think they know well that they want the best players in the game to, to go head to head and I would think they would love it because they know the crowd would love it if you had let's say Dustin Johnson and Rory going down the last hole or Patrick Reed and mm-hmm. Morikawa or whatever but sure they'd love to see that I mean they, they, they're they smart people at Augusta National and they know they can do exactly whatever they want to do uh, and, and it's not going to rankle anyone at all they're, they just make the rules whatever they want well, play was suspended, uh, I don't know, like an hour ago, but you continued to work at TPC Sawgrass, and we appreciate that, Bob. Uh, I guess stay dry. You are saying that you're getting a little wet, so stay dry, and hopefully you'll be reporting on a Canadian winning the tournament on Sunday. That would be that would be pretty nice. I was here for Stephen Ames in 2006, so uh, add, add to the list. That would be a good one. Awesome. Let's do it. Thanks, Bob. Okay. Have a great weekend. Take care, boys. There you have it, uh, TSN's uh, golf analyst Bob Weeks reporting from TPC Sawgrass as uh, play was suspended. And oh, it's a good like you brought it up as well. Like it, this, this is the second day in a row that play has been suspended, right? Like it's it's been well. Th- this is due to weather, but it's like I think in Phoenix and at the Genesis, these guys are so slow out there. Yeah. and I understand this is an amateur golf. There's a lot on the line. It's their livelihood. But I'll tell you what, Rory McIlroy, he's top two or three player in the world. He gets up and hits his damn ball. Yep. And when you can't finish because of darkness and slow play, they've sat down and they've grinded out all of the business stuff about what's going to go happen in, in the future. 
they need to sit down and figure this out because it's ridiculous. Yeah, you know, this is a season where, you know, the sport that has no clock, baseball, is inserting yeah. a pitch clock, right? And and I know it, it would be impractical to say you got to have a shot clock on a golfer, but, I mean, it is, it's, hey, if you got a, you got a timer, O-Dog, on how long you're allowed to look for a lost ball, it's three minutes now, you get three minutes to look for a lost ball. No kidding. Uh, why can't you have a timer of sorts on how long you get to execute a golf shot? I don't know. I know, it seems crazy. Like Rory McIlroy said, he, he's a friend of Jordan Spieth, and they're colleagues, and they're in it together, but he said he literally cannot stand playing behind him. Yeah. Because Rory wants to get up and hit his ball, and Jordan Spieth is talking to Greller, and they're having a five-minute chat, and they're, they're, it's, it's a long time to, to, to watch him hit a golf shot, and it drives Rory nuts, and he's told Spieth that, but I don't oh, yeah. know. I mean, I I, everybody. You're right. Everybody's told Speed that he's been called out for it many times, and there's plenty of other guys. It's not just Speed. There's plenty of other guys who are. Yeah, I was going to say. I don't think he's changing anytime soon. No, he's not going to change. I mean, he's he's made you know hundreds of you know probably multiple hundreds of millions of dollars doing what he's doing. Uh, so it's but someone's got to make him change, right? There's got to be some kind of legislation that says we can't have. You know, six-hour rounds. I yeah. mean, heck, in junior golf, you know, my son was played junior golf, and the American junior golf, if you don't come in on your time par, as Bobby Weeks was talking about, you lose a stroke. You know, why? You know, I don't know if they could go that far. The players have so much power now in the PGA Tour, but I think the fans would be up for seeing a guy that plays slow losing a stroke now yeah. and then. That's fair. Oh, you watch a lot of golf between Svensson and Pendrith. Which one do you think is kind of the real deal who can be in contention consistently on tour? That's a good question because Taylor Pendrith, he hits it long. Oh. And he looks like a guy that can bomb it. But if you look at Svensson, I think he's more of like a shot maker type of guy who might putt the ball better than Taylor Pendrith. So which one of those long term? I honestly... The way the game is played now, you'd go with the long ball hitter and see if he can just hit it so far and have so many better opportunities than a guy like Svensson. That'll be a fascinating thing to track, though, in the future, which one of those two guys with their style and approach. Because when you watch Svensson um, win the the championship in Sea Island, like yeah. he was dialed in, man. And I didn't know how good a golf swing that guy had, but he was he was dialed in for that golf tournament. The only thing is, can he keep? Can he have some consistency? Is he going to be a guy that wins and then he pops up in contention at some lesser light events? It's Bobby yeah. Weeks was talking about him having it together. So, I mean, they're talking about his swing today. The big boys in the states were like, "This guy's got a real game." He does. So he's just got to put it together, and you could see him be much like a Jordan Spieth, who's like a shot maker, great swing, competitive. Let's yeah. see what you can. I'll do. I'll tell you what, he's you know. I might side with Svensson on this because, you know, when you talk to people who are in the golf business in Canada, like, he may be the closest thing we've had to a child prodigy. Like, he was a knockout junior. He won a bunch of tournaments at the Division II level, which is a really high level in the States, played at Barry University in, near the, in the Miami area. And But as Bobby said, like, he, he was so good that he didn't know what it took to be great, yeah. or at least as good as you need to be to be on the PGA Tour on a regular basis. It's, it's taken him a long time. Uh, what is he now, 29 years old? It's taken him a long time relatively. He's no, like Jordan Spieth was on the PGA Tour at 16. He's got that kind of talent, but it's taken him a long time to figure it out. But whether or not he can keep it together, to your point, O'Dog, 
that's going to be the question. Like, it's one thing to have a good work ethic for a year or six months and, and win a tournament, but can you keep it going if that hasn't been your kind of natural way of doing things? Well, it's a- it shouldn't take much motivation, Festruck, to pour yourself into the next 10 years of your life because if you're looking at the purses for a player like him, the events that he's going to be in, he could make a boatload yeah. of money in the next 10 years, Especially man, and now. then just pack it in. I don't think a lot of these modern guys you're seeing on TV Saturdays and Sundays, I don't know how much of the senior tour they're going to be playing because their pockets yeah. are going yeah. to be stuffed Why? with cash. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I don't know how much they're going to be out there. They might have to close the PGA Champions Tour down <laughs> because I don't know if these guys are going to be out there. So if Svensson can get it together and put together 10 years where he wins a couple times a year or maybe once every couple of years, he'll be in business. Oh, dog, get practicing. There Let's might be go. an opening for you, yeah. baby. <laughs> no, no way. No way. I don't like playing in the club championship, let alone senior tour. Come on. Well, it should be a pretty fun weekend to uh, to see how the Canadians can do at uh, the Players' Championship. Uh, Mail in Friday brought to you by Boston Pizza, Canada's favorite sports bar. The push to the playoffs is here, and BP's elite lineup of pizza, wings, and ice-cold beer is always dialed in for game time. Hustle into your local BP tonight and try our new four-cheese ravioli bites, a game-changing appy that's here for a limited time only. We'll be back with our best bets and to wrap up the week when we return on Overdrive on TSN 1050, the TSN app, and also on TSN 2.